What's going on, Misfits? This is another great episode of Social Misfit with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard, still coming to you from sunny Los Angeles. Today, we are joined by comedian and activist Ida Rodriguez. We're talking about the Afro-Latinx. See, I learned a new word. Latinx movement or lack thereof in Hollywood. We're talking about sexual predators because white men love to pull their penises out in front of women and act like they don't know that's inappropriate. And I know black people do it too. Shout out to R. Kelly, who's still on tour. That's a problem. Also, we're talking about being a single mom and teaching feminism to your son and joke thieves. That's right. People out here stealing jokes in 2017 and are getting rewarded for it. So much more. Tune in. You're going to like it. You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. We are joined on my adopted couch. It's not my couch, but it's the couch that I've been um, theoretically crashing on for the entire time I've been out here in Los Angeles. Shout out to Miles Jeffries. Um, I'm sitting here with Ida Rodriguez, <laughs> comedian, activist, mother of two, badass. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. Some days you got to hear something good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So Ida and I are both comedians and we met on Last Comic Standing. I forget how we met. I, like when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, we did meet on a TV yeah, show. Yeah, it was Last Comic Standing. It was Monroe. Yeah, Monroe. Because I thought you were Monroe's girlfriend. Really? Yeah. So you thought I was just in the room as his no, girlfriend? No, no, I knew you were a comedian, but oh. I was like, wow, that's cool. They like a comedy power couple. Oh, mm-mm. anything but. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. You know, you guys both made it made it clear that you guys were like siblings and yes he's like family it's weird because um i was somewhere yesterday um i was at a cannabis collective um shout out to gold stay gold sesh stay gold sesh had a dope day party and i brought Derek Gaines with me and so people think you know because i'm tall he's tall so whenever they see me with another guy who's like tall my height or taller they people always be like are they are they maybe that's so funny and then i'm like no this is like my brother yeah, he loves you too. Who, Derek? Yeah. I know he's so sweet. Derek is a, is more uh, lo- expressive about his lovingness than Monroe. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 But you know, Monroe was in foster care, so that's... I know. That's why I choose for everything. Shout out to Monroe. Um, okay, so Ida, let's get to your social media post. So my um, social media post is, uh, it's Latinos absent from the Emmys. Again, what is it going to take? And um, so there's a a discussion um, that we had. And then someone who is my mentor, who's the, she heads the Imagen Awards, which is an award show that I host. I hosted for the last four years, which awards Latin people. Um, She wrote this long thing on Facebook about uh, how Latin people continue to get ignored. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I uh, I I understood it, but I felt I feel like there's a big disconnect with Latin people. We're really divided amongst ourselves and with other people of color because a lot of us don't see ourselves yeah. as people of color, and it's just been something that really has become very obnoxious. And mm-hmm. I think that the reason we're not present at the Emmys is because, of course, there's systemic racism, but a big part of it is that we don't we're racist within ourselves. Yeah, so you don't unite as a block. Yeah. The bigger block. Yeah. And um and I think that unfortunately we are seeing, you know, some ugly stuff in our society. But I think until Latin people 
learn to have unity within themselves and with other people of color, mm-hmm. only then will we see progress. If black and brown people united, then we really would be the majority. And then, yeah, it sounds idealistic, but it's just there's so many intersections within all of us that we cross cross paths. You know, mm-hmm. we are. So anyway, that that was my my thing. Like, I, and I was just telling you that there's this post because Gina Rodriguez got these uh, America Ferrera, Rosario Dawson, all these Latin women got together and they posted a picture. And then uh, some Afro Latina bloggers and writers um, took issue with the picture mm-hmm. and said, you know, this is the problem with, you know, with us that we're not even included in these talks. Mm. And we're ignored here and we're not black enough to be black and we're not Latin enough to be Latin. And it's just it's just a really big, a real big mess. Where does where does the racism within the Latino community, Latina, Latinx? I always have to figure out. I know, right? Um, Especially because I'm a New Yorker. So we uh, so you just calling everybody Spanish. Yeah, I know. Or Puerto Rican. (laughs) Like, oh, you Spanish, you Dominican. Like we call you exactly with that, uh, with your nationality is. Um. But out here, it's a bigger umbrella yeah, that people really... identify. So wh- where does the division come from? I mean, is it just the basic of your skin color is dark and you come from a more Afro Yeah, lineage? you know, it's colonization and it's the same thing that happened. I think, um, you know, slavery is something that, that African Americans are very open about talking about because it, it, it is part of the history. Mm-hmm. Latin America, they don't teach history uh, slavery in mm. and um is not part of the curriculum with a lot of people so you have a lot of black dominicans and um, puerto ricans walking around saying i'm not black because mm-hmm. they don't really understand the difference between race and nationality yeah but what they do know is that they don't want to ad- identify black because of the connotation that they have about black americans which are which is misportrayed in the media mm-hmm. like even jamaicans they don't they don't I mean, no yankee mm-hmm. they don't want to be associated because you know the the biggest lies ever told have been told about black people in america yeah. that they're lazy mm-hmm. and that they're criminals and a lot of people buy into that hype specifically island people so within the latin sector is the same thing and it's you know, you have a hierarchy. Spain mm-hmm. is at the top. You know, those were our oppressors. Yeah. They taught us the language. It's like English to Americans. Like, you know, and there's that you don't speak Spanish correctly. You don't speak the Queen's Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it's all the same bull. It's like uh, it's the you're, the darker you are, the, the you know, the, the less you are because you're associated with black. That same connotation is there. And nobody really wants not nobody but a lot of people don't want to identify with that and so within our own it's like this class system that is really really it's so sad it's so disgusting Mm. you know people from argentina we got italian blood and people in cuba we have pure castilian blood and then you go to cuba and you see a bunch of black people and you're like which is so interesting because I've talked about it on this podcast before. I went to Cuba for New Year's. I remember. So I went to Cuba for New Year's, and the most shocking thing was to me was that, one, they truly don't identify as anything outside of being Cuban. Right. But that's what um, communism is. It's a like a, a nation united. Uh, right. The country. The country is your identity. Right. More so than, you know, ethnicity. So that's that's cool. I get it. That's fine. And then you hear stories like, "Oh no, we don't have racism here. Racism is illegal." Fidel made racism illegal. But then you look on the TV, and there's no like people darker than like a brown paper bag mm-hmm. on TV, so they don't have that representation. 
and then of course the people who are darker skin you know you see them doing the more manual labor work but you know they all get paid the same so you can't really tell somebody who's getting paid the same as the woman that's answering the phones for scrubbing the floor that there is a disparity because they're like no we all get paid the same right but the biggest thing that was the most alarming is that my African-Americans, oh, I love my people. We were down there trying to liberate people who did not know they needed to be liberated. <laughs> Every single day, it was a black person, tourist group coming up to a, like an Afro-Cuban, which is our label for them because they don't consider themselves to be Afro-Cuban. They're just Cuban right. unless they are a part of um, Santeria. When they're, Then mm. they'll say like, oh, yeah, I know you like we, they'll tell you like the tribes that the people came from. So they know that the country knows that slaves came to that country and brought with them their religion. So that is the concept of race to them. That's how they will explain race. But after that, everything is Cuba. Yeah. But African-Americans are down there being like, so... <laughs> How does it feel to be black in Cuba? Yeah. And what kind well, how do you deal with the racism? And they're and they're looking at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So a part of it is like, damn, for one, African Americans for some reason and, and I now I know the reason because I've been there, but African Americans have been so um connected to Cuba. And then when you go there and you realize that there is a big spirituality in Cuba. Yeah with people who are and I don't want to just uh, uh I don't want to credit it to just being a part of Santeria but I do think that there is something when you are aware of who you are and your and heritage you and your comfort that just binds you with an energy that's completely different and so I think African Americans are kind of envious of the religious freedom right that that um Afro-Latinas have especially the ones that are connected to the motherland and, and the religion and and because of that jealousy or that envy, we kind of want to like make sure that they are truly that happy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, are you really truly this self-aware and, and content <laughs> with your life? Or like, is there, is there anything else that you want to tell me before I just let you live and go about your day? It, it was so weird. And I kept saying to my friend, I was like, yo, we have to, and it wasn't us, but you would just see it. And I was like, African-Americans have to stop pushing their pain on other Afro diaspora people because everybody hasn't dealt with it in the same way yeah and they've dealt with different pain because it's masked under so many other different and the afro so i yeah the the religion is definitely something that connects you and the music Mm because salsa is rooted in africa and so um we have always used african terms like even puerto rico is um you know, the music that they listen to when you go there, the rituals, they have stuff like that in the Dominican Republic, the people who are willing to embrace. But it's just it's just the the national media has made such a has put this negative um, and it's a worldwide thing, the negative connotation about what being black is. Mm-hmm. So everybody just runs from it. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's in everything that we do, because in Puerto Rico, they call a woman negra. That mean, that's a compliment. That's mm-hmm. like negra. That means you have color in your skin. You mm-hmm. have melanin. Therefore, you are prettier. Mm. Whereas they've tried to beat that out of people. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you listen to all the music from the 70s, you always hear negra linda, negra this, negra that. And then now you're in New York and you hear the word negra. You'd be like, did you just call me black? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like in Puerto Rico... Negra means you got melanin and melanin is a is a plus. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, you know, we've fallen for it. Um, Cuba also is connected to Malcolm X because Malcolm X was a fan, a supporter of mm-hmm. Castro because Castro didn't let America do whatever they wanted yeah. with him. And so there's this there's this sick 
twisted adoration for somebody who also was self-hating because Af- mm-hmm. Castro was an Afro-Cuban. Yeah. But glor- you know, glorified the lighter skins. Mm-hmm. And, and all of his family married. That's what people say. They're yeah. like, oh, look they at their family, who they married, and they married the lightest of the light. Yeah, because they have a thing called uh, Adelantando la Raza, which means to advance your race means to marry lighter, mm-hmm. and that means marry up. And a lot, all of Latin Americans do that. They all just have different terms for it, you know. And so it's just, you know, it gets exhausting because, like, for us, we're always talking about how we're being ignored as a group, but we are so disjointed as a yeah. group that we have to help ourselves. We need to heal within ourselves because we don't, I mean, it, it's so ridiculous. Like, Cubans look down on Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans look down on Dominicans. Mm-hmm. And then when you ask why, based on what, it's never about education or anything that is anything other than superficial things. Well, Dominicans are blacker. We got better hair than them. And Cubans mm-hmm. are like, we have more Spanish blood. Our noses are keener. And it's, you just sit in the middle of that and you're like, slaves. Yeah. Like, you guys are still slaves. And, you know... People from Mexico don't want to be Puerto Rican and Puerto Ricans don't want to be Mexican. And then Mexicans don't want to be associated with being people from people like people from El Salvador and Honduras because they're no they have a connotation of being violent. So it's just like amongst them all, like Nicaragua and Costa Rica are right next to each other and they got a war like they Mm -hmm. don't. And then Panama is blacker. So they're like, we don't we're no, we're not Panamanian. Yeah. And it's like, how is anybody, how, who, it's a group of, like, it's like you're looking at a group of misfits that are always in a fight. <laughs> and then you want somebody else to jump in the middle of the yeah. fight and fix it. And it's yeah. like, no, you got to fix it amongst yourselves. So Hollywood doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just, this. I get so, Puerto Ricans can't even play Puerto Ricans unless they're in jail. So in Orange and the New Black is perfect because we all in jail Dominicans Mm -hmm. in jail but on Jane the Virgin and in One Day at a Time all of those Puerto Rican people are playing like they're someone from somewhere else so in Jane the Virgin those three women are Puerto Rican but on the show they're from Venezuela because Venezuela has a connotation of being beautiful people they're pageant people they're this then you look at One Day at a Time and I understand why they're Cuban because the showrunner's Cuban and the show is about being yeah but the show One Day at a Time is a remake of a white show from the 70s Right. But the so showrunner is a, is a Cuban woman. And so she's telling her story through one day at a time. So why didn't she hire Cuban actresses? I don't know. It's because the the, the actresses that Rita Moreno is Puerto Rican. Yeah. And I, she's yeah. big time. Yeah. So but the thing is, for me, it's like, OK, that's fine. But when are we going to create a, sh- a show like Vlad was doing a show about Dominicans yeah. and it didn't get picked up? Vlad Camaño. Com- com- Vlad Camaño, an actor and comedian, dope writer, um, had a show in development. And they shot a pilot and it was about his life story growing up yeah. in the Bronx with his funny family. His dad was a super like all the stereotypical things that you hear yeah. about. It was truly his life, but it was done in a very smart, funny yeah. and endearing way. And they said they didn't want to do the show because they didn't want to they didn't want to put Dominicans in that light. And I'm like, that's not true. You just don't want to show Dominicans because every time you put Dominicans anywhere else when they don't have their own shows Mm -hmm. you don't put them as doctors and lawyers yeah so it's just hypocritical that was the reason they told them Mm -hmm. that that's a bullshit reason of course it's every because the thing is because if that was the case then you wouldn't have greenlit the pilot you wouldn't have given them a budget you wouldn't have shot the show you wouldn't have edited like you've you had a lot of options to be like maybe we don't want to do the show 
But yeah. that what it, what it is is that they know network television knows that their audience is not going to know the nuance and the difference of a Dominican family versus a Mexican family. Right. So and then it'd be like, why are these black people speaking Spanish? Yeah. It's too confusing. Mm-hmm. But then it takes the people who take chances like, you know, Genji Cohen, who did Orange is the New Black. And even though it was in, you know, in in, in a setting, a, a prison setting, only then or were you able to see somebody who was Cuban, Puerto Rican, Dominican, the people from Honduras, mm-hmm. Colombia. Otherwise, you won't you don't see yeah. anybody doing stuff like that. because. So how does it imp- impact your career? Because you are a comedian but you also are an actress Mm -hmm. and so when you go out on these auditions (laughs) how do you feel or if it's uh it's so funny because we were talking about that the other day because they they have an audition for a latin woman Mm -hmm. and then all the latin women are there so there are people who have blonde hair and blue eyes this week spanish and then there's a black woman who speaks spanish and then there's me and then there's a you know a peruvian asian because Mm -hmm. they don't know what we what we are they don't know how to specify you know you don't you ever never even see Afro Latino in the in the breakdowns. There's nothing. It's like a Latin person. And then mm. it's it's up to the casting and the producers to whatever their mind whatever they perceive a Latin person to yeah. be. So when I go and then the other thing for me, the most ridiculous things that I hear is because I'm tall. Though so they'll say, because I'm five ten, so mm. they'll be like, She's really tall for a Latina. Like what? Yeah, because their idea what a Latin woman is is either Rosie Perez mm-hmm. or Eva Longoria. It's mm-hmm. like one or the other. You're either the Mexican little or the little Puerto Rican with the big butt. Yeah, you know, and that's that. There's no spectrum, and so uh, I auditions for me are, you know, I go in for Native American more than I do for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the truth is like I look at my auditions and I've gone back and forth. You know, uh, I had an audition for a power where they were like, we want a Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. And because it's cast in New York, their perception of what a Puerto Rican is looks more like me Mm -hmm. as opposed to here where uh, and and and, you know, and I say that without thinking fully, because the woman who plays the lead in power, who's supposed to be Puerto Rican is Mexican and Puerto Rican people look at the show all the time and are like, she doesn't sound Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. when she speaks Spanish and she's talking to her sister. They're speaking two different Spanishes because Elizabeth Rodriguez is Puerto Rican. (laughs) They're literally speaking two different Spanishes. And she's speaking like this Mexican Spanish, which is like the central American Mexican Spanish. She doesn't look Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, it it I think I think it does a disservice because that created a lot of dissent amongst black women and Latin women. Mm. You know, there was on Twitter team there was Tasha some, team Angie, yeah, and yeah. it was it got really crazy. But then it became a and I wouldn't say racial because only ignorant people would see the difference in race because basically they're they're you know black people and of different ethnicities. But now you have this battle and this demonization of a Latin woman in the name of being Puerto Rican who is Mexican mm-hmm. and culturally doesn't identify with being black. Yeah. And that creates so much dissent because Rosie Perez is a black woman, yeah. you know, who speaks Spanish. So it, that's the kind of stuff that I, I pass on a lot of auditions. I was like, I don't want to do that shit. I'm not, mm-hmm. I just don't think that it's fair to me as a, uh, and, and I think it's, is disloyal to my people. Yeah. So I try to stay away from stuff that there's a lot of ugly stuff out there about what a Latin person looks like. And in terms of who we are as people, and it's always hoes, criminals, 
single struggling moms, which I have been, but I'm like all Puerto Rican women, mm-hmm. all Latin women, all black women, ain't fucking yeah. single struggling moms. Yeah. And so you say, Angie, Angie, uh, Rosie Perez, Angie, Rosie Perez is, is black. And you say that you're black. Mm-hmm. How does that upset people or, or inspire people in the Latin community? Well, I mean, when it comes to women of color who identify Afro Latina, it helps because a lot of them don't hear Zoe Saldana saying that she's Afro Latina. Does she say that? She does now oh. after the Nina Simone thing. Oh, because um, oh, she had know? to prove that she was yeah. black enough to play Absolutely Nina Simone. Absolutely for the movie. And that movie was, I didn't even see it, but that makeup alone. Was. It was this, it, and I want to just say that because I got a lot of backlash from Latin people because I did a video about it and it went viral. And I'm like, my comedy won't go viral, but my video yeah. talking about Rose, uh, about Zoe. Zoe and it was like I was being a traitor because she's Puerto Rican and Dominican and what I was saying was I wasn't trying to diss her mm-hmm. I was just bringing awareness to and understanding and having uh, empathy and compassion for black women because I think it's important for us to be able to understand that women of color the darker that women of color are the more the the weight of the world is on them. And mm-hmm. I think as my daughter is a black young woman, my daughter doesn't, she identifies Afro Latina, but if somebody saw her that is not from New York, they wouldn't think she was half Puerto Rican mm-hmm. or whatever. But I was thinking about her and I was like, Zoe is somebody who became famous by doing movies like Drumline. Mm-hmm. And so um, she was, so she was cast as the cute black girl. Right. So, Black people made her famous. Mm-hmm. So there is an onus. There is a responsibility to your base, right? Because with, if Zoe Saldana is in a room and you don't know who she is and she doesn't open her mouth, you don't know that she's Puerto Rican and Dominican. Mm-hmm. You will assume she's a, she's a black woman. And mm-hmm. that's something, that's what we forget. It's like we think that people see us the way that we see speak ourselves. and yeah. behave. People see us the way they see us. Mm-hmm. Everything else is in a, adding on to it. With her, I was like... You, you can't let your privilege allow you to abandon and forget the very people that put you where you are in the first place. Mm-hmm. So she had a responsibility to black women. Did you watch the movie? I did not because I'm a Nina Simone fan mm-hmm. and I knew what Nina Simone stood for. Yeah. So to put a prosthetic nose on a woman and paint her skin is a disrespect to the fight and the, mm-hmm. and the legacy that is Nina Simone. Her yeah. daughter sent me an email because I was like, the, the, the truth is with Latin people is that we live in this denial because we're so proud to be Latin, but we are proud to be Latin um, at the expense of one another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm Puerto Rican, I'm not Dominican, but I'm, I'm proud to be Puerto Rican. Well, you should be proud to be latin you should be proud of you know but the other thing is if if let's say if erica badu would have played um celia cruz there would have been outrage because celia cruz is cuban yeah and culturally it was and when jennifer lopez was selected to play selena there was a big 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 Mm -hmm. fight because mexicans did not want her to play so why is it different with with zoe Mm -hmm. And the thing is that if she was producing the project, I would have went and got the dopest black actress that was out there yeah. that could really kill that role. I would have went and got India Irie. Yeah. What's the woman? I can never say her name. Uzo. Oh, Uzo. Yeah. yeah. She's she's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's so many actresses and she could have championed that into something 
that would have been, you know, she would have been seen as heroic. Mm -hmm. But instead, that that thing, that 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 actress thing in Hollywood. Well, I'm so glad I'm a damaged comic. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes you think you can do anything, and it's just. It was just ridiculous, yeah. You know, and that was an opportunity for her to, uh, you know. No, but the thing is, she was trying to do something for herself, and it was more about herself than it was about the project. Yeah, which is why sometimes you have to realize when it's time for you to step aside, and and be an advocate and push somebody to the forefront, or you wanna if you wanna be all in the video, you know. Yeah. Then you sure. gonna have to take that L. It's and the only true. reason why she didn't take a bigger L is because she was playing a black woman and white media didn't really give a shit that she was playing a black woman. Yeah, they didn't ever, they didn't do their research. They didn't really have, you know, and I, like we were talking about that Dove ad the other day when the, the lady takes the shirt off yeah. and, and the one you posted the about. Nivea, Nivea. has a, a skin lightening lotion that they're selling in Africa. And I think about Zoe and I think who are the black people sitting in this rooms, in these rooms, if there are any, mm -hmm. that are the ones that are like, Oh, it's cool. Oh, I like this commercial. You gonna kill Nina Simone? Yeah. Who's in there? Cause it's well, it's, well. In my during my time here, out here, I've come to learn, and it only just solidified what I already suspected is that this town is a bunch of yes people. Yeah. Look at Harvey Weinstein. People knew. People knew they knew they witnessed he had assistants that were helping him. Mm -hmm. He had had his brother fucking knew don't act like he didn't. Yeah, he was driving the girls. Yeah, they knew that he was a sexual predator, but no one wanted to say anything for fear that it would be the end of their career because they don't people out here don't care about what's doing what's right. They care about what's doing what's right for their career. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that that is what happens with we are the we pay the price you know mm -hmm. like when they tell our stories when they do uh things that have to do with us and i saw mickey rourke do an interview and i tweeted about it and made my head hurt because he was like i feel sorry for harvey you know it's terrible if um he was like it's terrible it's the it's the most disgusting thing he was like i'm not trying to condone what he did but that's how hollywood is once people envy you and then they turn on you and then he started talking about bill cosby and called him a piece of shit and he was like if he would have molested one of my girlfriends i would have went to his house and i would have punched him in the face right and i was like so it's okay for harvey weinstein to sexually assault women mm -hmm. Um, just not get caught. And the only reason he's getting busted is because somebody wanted his position. But Bill Cosby is it. Yeah, what is, I, what is the reason? Why did his story come out now? Harvey? Well, you know me. I, I'm a conspiracy theorist to my soul. So I, I want to know who he pissed off. Because mm -hmm. this ain't about women. You know yeah. Hollywood has never cared about women. And they damn sure ain't going to start today. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when people are like, oh, yeah, uh, Rose McGowan. No, Rose McGowan is not important enough to the industry for it to be a big Because she's been yeah. saying it for years, and, over, and she's, she got laughed out of the uh, industry. Yeah. But Ronan, so Ronan Farrow, who is Mia Farrow's son and oh, yeah. Woody Allen's uh, stepkid, but he's really Frank Sinatra's son, no shade. Um, <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, because Mia Farrow was with Frank Sinatra for a really long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she got with Woody Allen, but Ronan Farrow does not look like Woody Allen. No, <laughs> and Good he's not him. adopted. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so Ronan Farrow hates Woody Allen and publicly said that this man was a sexual molester and predator. Yeah, he married he, a sister because right? he married his adopted sister. Yeah. Um, so Ronan is a journalist, very respected, and he was working on the story about Harvey Weinstein for years. And he took it to NBC News, and they passed 
because he was facing a lawsuit from Harvey and Harvey has that much power that he can as a movie executive can tell a network news channel to not run a story on him so they dropped it and then he took it to the magazine and the magazine published it and that's when the shit hit the fan so yeah I don't think I don't think Ronan was on a mission but he could have been on a mission because he dealt with a sexual predator in his house Woody Mm -hmm. Allen or somebody could have just been like yo Ronan we got a story for you right we'll give you everything in Shanine no, and I do, I think, I think that, uh, you know, when people make those stories, tell those stories about the Illuminati and the secret groups. Oh, I groups, think it's, they're definitely yeah, secret groups. I believe they have the secret groups. And I think that when you do something to disappoint the group, the group turns, when your own brother is like, yeah, he did it. You know, like, ah, yeah. your own brother, your partner, you have a company and partnership with him. You've done everything with him. And now you're trying to separate yourself from your yeah, own Yeah, but brother. you was doing it too. But he got, he didn't piss the person off. Harvey did. Mm. Harvey pissed somebody off. Because I, I, women are like, oh, yeah, finally. You're deluded if you really think that we still fighting for the Equal Rights Act yeah. to get passed. Mm-hmm. You really think Hollywood cares about women? No. So it's, it's he pissed somebody off. It's, it didn't just slip through the cracks. Somebody wanted him to fall. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. That's what happened to Bill Cosby. Because even though a lot of people get mad at me about saying this about Bill Cosby is I don't know anyone who's been sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby, but I do know a lot of actresses who are older who used to always say we knew not to go over there. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret. It yeah. was just it was more problematic for the networks and the production companies because he was making them so much money. Mm-hmm. So they would just sweep it under the rug. Here's the settlement. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now when they don't need you anymore. They're not going to pay that money. And you become expendable. Yeah. Same thing with Bill O'Reilly. They said that Fox News renewed his contract after knowing that he had already sexually assaulted all these people and had to pay millions of dollars in hush money. Yeah. And they renewed his contract. So it wasn't until somebody went public that they were like, oh, we don't want to fuck with him anymore. But he's back now, right? Well, no, know. because now that they leaked the stories, the story came out that he paid like $23 million oh, in yeah. settlement money. He was money. paying a lot of money. Yeah, like, come on, $23 million. You can't, even if you paid it, you can't say that you didn't do it because why would you pay? No way I'm coming up over $23 million for some shit I didn't do. That sounds like rape. That's not fondling. Yeah. That's like rape money. But this fucked up part about it is that a major key component about the sexual, like, in order to really make sure that this shit gets shaken down to its core, white women have to stop fucking riding a dime for these white male predators. Yeah, they do. And that and that goes with the presidency. Like, you can't vote for a man who clearly says that he is a sexual predator and then be upset with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, and I was watching, I stayed away from tri- Twitter for the last couple of days because the it be everything com- becomes an argument of politics now so mm-hmm. you can be talking about the giants and if you look at the thread it'll eventually become <laughs> about trump and hillary benghazi the yeah. emails and it is it just becomes and so they were trying to make sexual assault like a partisan thing like the oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah well, once harry once harvey weinstein story came out the whole rnc and i give them credit because they'll get a message and they send it out to to their 
fellow Klansmen, and they (laughs) will just reiterate them talking points, add noise, add nauseam. So once it was found out that Harvey Weinstein was a sexual predator, they went and found out that he gave what two hundred thousand dollars to Hillary Clinton. Oh yeah, they put the picture of that. Yeah, so like they go so hard, but you got so many sexual deviants on your side too. Though don't try to make it seem like the the Democrats wrong. Y'all elected a president who said that he grabs women by by the pussy. So you can't get mad at Hillary Clinton for taking a couple coins. Yeah. From somebody that she did not know was doing it. Yeah. It'd be different if Harvey was on on camera saying that he does it and she took the money. Yeah, it's it's really pathetic because I think that it's a cultural issue. It has nothing to do with liberals and conservatives, Democrats or or, or Republicans. It really is a cultural issue. You know, we are dealing, and it's a global cultural issue that's embedded in the fiber of our society that women are second-class citizens and that you can do whatever to them without consequence. Mm -hmm. It is just something, you know, from Africa to people being castrated to India and China when they abort girls because they know they're girls to you know the Middle East where they make the women walk first so they can walk over the landmines. It is a global thing that the misogyny and, and the, you know, disrespect for women is just embedded into our fiber. And so when people think that we're finally getting somewhere because Bill Cosby went down or Harvey went, there are so many of mm-hmm. them. You know, like I saw people like with their Me Too hashtags. I just put Me Too, but I didn't go into it. Yeah. Because I don't want to do that. Like I just. Oh, yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't even post anything because I'm just like, I'm not going to say what good does it do. But if if all of these women have to tell you that something happened in order for you to believe that it could possibly happen, that's problematic. Yeah. And the people that were like, oh, my God, I'm so amazed at all the numbers of women. Poll the women in your family. Yeah. You don't even have to go to Hollywood. Talk to the nearest, the 20 nearest women to you and ask them if they've had an encounter, an inappropriate encounter Mm -hmm. with a man because of their gender. You know, and I mean, I've had to, I had a director here tell me, invite me to an audition. And when I got there, he was like, all right, take your shirt and your bra off. And I was like, for what? He was like, I want to see you read uh, with topical nudity because one of the roles, and I was, it didn't feel right for me. And I was like, "Um, it wasn't in the breakdown and I I don't do topical nudity. So I wouldn't have come if I would have known. But I was like, I, it's just me and you. I feel really uncomfortable. And I left. And, you know, this guy went on to direct more films and I, you know, I just, but I know that people do it, you know, and I know that people, so even with the Lupita story, I know that they made it about this racial thing and the fact that he spoke out against it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's because he, um, I don't think it's because he, he was trying to diss her because she was black. I think he was just sending a message that I have a type. (laughs) <laughs> you know I, I really do because there it, there are there aren't very many and people are like well why aren't the black women coming forward i'm like because they they know better mm-hmm. they know better it's not because it hasn't happened you're gonna tell me that all these you know crusty ladies are getting sexually assaulted and you see them and you're like really yeah and these beautiful black women who are you know older no wrinkles perfect bodies shaped like goddesses are not being sexually harassed in hollywood Mm -hmm. they just don't they're not they know better they're not going to come forward because look at look at what happened to lupita yeah she became a a hashtag and people were like uh, he was like i i I don't know if that the story the story was strange Mm -hmm. did you read it yeah so i was like I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't victim blame. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause well, the I, story was, she was, was she still at 
a new actress. She was a new actress or she was in school. She was younger. younger. Yeah, so she was younger and they met and he wanted he offered to give her a massage and she reversed it and said, No, let me give you a massage and she says that because of her training at Yale, they you know, actors they have used massage as a technique to blah 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 blah. And so she was trying to still uh validate this as like an educational or work professional scenario, but also just to let her be in control of the situation and she gave him a massage. Right. But it was it and it was it seemed like a really weird situation. Mm -hmm. But I think in light of all of the women who actually were raped and had these sexual assaults, I think sometimes we make misjudgments. Like sometimes we do get um, fascinated by somebody's, you know, uh, you know, stature or status in the business. And we make crazy calls that does not justify somebody sexually assaulting us. But I think that when I started reading a lot of the stories, a lot of the stories were sounded like I wanted to come up and I went over there mm-hmm. and it was weird. Yeah. And I just, you know, as opposed to he raped me. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Also, because I think a lot of times we women feel like, OK, if this is the little thing, if you want, if you having drinks with me is a little thing that's going to get me this role. Yes. I'll have drinks. It's the same thing when you out in a, in a bar and this dude that you don't want to talk to, say, yo, let me get your number. You're like, All right, let me just. I'll just give you my number just because I don't even want to. Yeah, I want you to, to leave me alone. I want you to leave me alone. So it's like, yeah, I'll throw, you know, I'll throw you this little bone just so I can just get out of this situation or to get what I want out of the situation. And that's why there's so many instances of that. Yeah, with him. And, and I think he's he just uh, operated in inappropriate behavior so mm-hmm. much that it, I mean, because like the encounter with Joe Scott was strange. Oh, know? I didn't see it. I didn't hear about it. it, it I, he didn't, he didn't like, he said something to her about her pregnancy mm. and he made her feel uncomfortable, but it was an appropriate thing, but it wasn't yeah. uh, a sexual advance. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Lupita thing was, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm really, really very careful about what I say about sexual assault, but I've been sexually assaulted. I've been raped. So I always like to tell, tell women that we have to own our bodies and we have to protect ourselves at all costs. Mm -hmm. So if somebody says to me, Hey, you want to come over so I can rub your feet? I'm not usually thinking this is, you know, this is an opportunity to connect with a human. I'm thinking this weirdo wants to touch my feet. No, you know, I'm not going over there. Mm -hmm. And it's not because he shouldn't sexually assault me. If I go, he's still wrong for doing that. But it's just like, if you were walking down the street and you had your purse open and somebody stole your wallet, people would say to you, why you left your purse open? Mm -hmm. It's not okay that the person stole your wallet, but protect your purse. You should know better. Yeah. And I think that now you can't say that because if you say that you're victim blaming, Mm -hmm. you're shaming, I tell my daughter everything I have to tell her to protect herself. Yeah. That being said, I also say a man should not have touched you inappropriately, has no right to do. And anybody does anything to you, regardless of what you got on or how much you mm-hmm. drank, you we going to get them because yeah. that's wrong. But protect your purse. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just you can't say that anymore. So. No. No, you can't. You can't say that anymore. And. I don't know what caused that shift, but it's it because you have you have a son and a daughter, yeah, and and and, and they're grown, and they both got the speeches because mm-hmm. my son is the biggest feminist in my house. Mm-hmm. So just like I told my son, don't be going around beating on girls. Mm-hmm. I'll tell my daughter, don't go around beating on boys. Yeah, 
Don't put your hand in nobody's face mm -hmm. because there are consequences. Anytime, you never know when somebody's not rational. Of course. You know? And I hate when I see that. I hate, I hate that black and brown girls contribute physical interaction hitting with flirting with yeah. the boys. Yeah. And they think that, you know, especially in New York City, when you ride the train after school, you see kids tussling and fighting and smacking and shut up, stupid and pushing and all of this. Yeah. And you see the boys taking the girl's phone and acting like they're going to, you know, keep the phone like all of these, like all of these intimidation tactics that both sides use when they're really just trying to show affection. Yeah. Shows how broken the system of human emotion is in yes, certain communities. I agree. And so it's like, who taught you that? We're always taught to be tough. Yeah. And, you know, and I always, you know, I, as an as somebody who advocates for children, I when I look at the videos that we're always posting. Oh, I can't stand them. The fight videos. I hate, that's why I hate World Star Hip Hop. I feel like, it, I don't know, maybe I just don't see it as much in my, in my timeline, but I feel like they've kind of fallen a little bit. Yeah, I don't it, watch it either. Um... I think that people have gotten better at, at being triggered by these images. So they yeah. will report them and get them taken down. So I don't like fight, fight videos. I don't care what, even when it's like racist, Nazi gets punched. I don't even, yeah. I don't, I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I, I'm barely on Facebook anymore because they have that autoplay. So you'll yeah. just be looking at something. Next thing you know, keep, yeah, next awful. thing you know, a man is getting shot by the cops and you're just like, I was not, this is not what I came here for. I, I was like watching a video about a pie and now I'm watching. Yeah. Uh, uh, police brutality yeah i don't want to see i don't want to see it <laughs> um i also don't like how we sexualize kids in these oh memes. girl you finally somebody somebody just posted a video of this little girl that maybe was one and a half two mm -hmm. was doing this dancing the and a little I was spanish like, girl yes with like the big pamper on yeah, yeah i don't like that kind yeah. of stuff because i know that we think it's cute and funny mm -hmm. but pedophiles are watching that of course and it's so in the over Please don't, I always tell people, don't tweet me pictures of little girls twerking. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I don't like to see our children and the little boys doing all the suggestive dancing. Mm -hmm. You're, who's molesting these kids? Because that's yeah. what it looks like. Mm -hmm. How you put a camera to a two-year-old and say, hey, why in your waist? That's not okay to me. Yeah. People don't realize, people don't realize that everybody's watching. And, and I don't have any children, but if I were to have kids, I would never put them on social media. No, I put my kids on social media when they became older. Mm -hmm. And now now they've asked me, like my daughter, I don't tag her. She's like, don't tag me on it because I get all these friend requests from all these men that are comedians and I don't want to be friends with mm. them. I want to be in a safe space. Yeah. And I don't. I don't tag her anymore. But I just think, you know. We have to stop perpetuating the worst things about ourselves because it pen it at the end it becomes it comes with penalty for us. Yeah. So when these you know these uh, white aggressive racist men see us, they don't see young black teenage soft tender girls. They see no. Sharkeisha. Yeah. You know they see the girl who punched the boy out, the girl who got punched in the face on the train, because mm -hmm. they're not educated about that us and how varied we are. Yeah. And they're not around us on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So that's what they see. And it's, you know, and then unfortunately it becomes people accuse you of engaging in respectability politics yeah. when you say we got to stop doing this shit. So now the responsibility ain't on us. Mm -hmm. And it's on a group of people who don't care about us to come fix us and change us. Yeah. 
you know and at some point where do we where's the where's the middle you know it's hard it's hard because i don't think there ever will be a middle if you aren't represented on both sides yeah if you're not on both sides to control the narrative there's no middle because we can be on one side of the fence saying all that we say uh about politics about women's rights and if there isn't a counterbalance you know there there's nobody on the other side that's speaking the same thing then they just we just look out like outsiders complaining that we're not on the other side of the wall yeah yeah people i would think about me you zainab like some of the people who i look at and i i always endorse because i'm like you know these oh, are you go you fight so yes um ida fight so hard for me out here in the, no in but it's just i think it's important to to for us to engage in support for yeah. each other because the, the, you know i went to israel last year and it was like such a life lesson for me because mm-hmm. is people jewish people have a word um and i can't remember the word is but it's a word that is that means the we mm-hmm. and they all have this sense of belonging and that's diaspora jews mm-hmm. um the you know the mainland jews they have this thing about we will take care of ourselves yeah and in and in, in spite of you know post um hitler they've still been able to what well, they have it, it that tragedy you know, was a launch pad for them to become this united force mm-hmm. that will not allow each other to fail. Yeah. And they have this sense of we that I wish we could teach. So when I think about us, I think about women in comedy and uh, I think women in entertainment. It's like uh, I really walk the walk and I believe what I believe. And when I say it, I mean it. Mm-hmm. So people will say you just mad because you ain't made it because if you made it, then you'll. No, I, I, I don't want to make it at that yeah. at that price. I don't want to dance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't. I want to be able to have a platform so that I can take this to another level because that's what I really believe. So when I think about us, I'm like, there has to be a space for people like us who, I, I, I think we should have a spectrum. It's okay if you want to dance and you want to yeah. over-sexualize yourself and you want to do all of those things. Perfect. But allow those people who have something to say on the other side, just like white yeah. people, you know, they have Kathleen Madigan and Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They have, you know, they well, have. Kathleen says Amy stole her jokes. So yeah, she. Did. <laughs> but oh, know, wait, did you see that? Yeah, did you see the, the no the newest beef that's going on right now? No, who's no now? Which one is it? Um, I'm not saying any names, but um, a ver- a new, very big uh, black social media comedian. Uh, is now being accused of stealing jokes she from took another. The one that they said stole Dave Chappelle's jokes. Yes. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I I saw that. Um, but she but she put posts out uh, over a year ago saying that if I if I see your shit and I think it's funny I'm gonna make it funnier. Right. Like she said that she steals people jokes from then because the, but those are not stand up comedians. But now she does stand up. Right. Okay. So now she's doing stand up and now she's you know getting booked and getting paid top dollar to do a set and she's stealing people's jokes which is crazy to me because you're stealing people's jokes from people who know you like that's like if i moved to la and i start doing your set (laughs) you know what's funny is that there's no integrity in the 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 social media realm no the internet realm of of the arts like it's a it's so funny because there's no integrity because I've heard that multiple times from different people. It's like, if I'll make your stuff funnier than you, they don't understand that there is a code. 
Well, they don't. Well, it's two two things, and it's kind of like you say, protect your purse, right? Which is probably going to be the name of this podcast. Um, is that as a comedian, you really you really don't have that strong of a ground to stand on if the joke that you say is stolen is just a typical basic premise, right? Because it's hard to be like she stole my ice cream joke, right? That's because it's like everybody eats ice cream. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. But the other part is as a comedian, this is why a com- a comic comedian. I'm not I'm not trying to say gender specific, but as a, a comic, um, it's important for you to speak your truth. Because it's much harder for people to steal your material. Yeah. So, if if this chick who's now you know transformed from social media person to stage comic, if she took a joke of mine where I'm talking about like ice cream, I wouldn't be mad. But if she took the joke about me and my mama and mm-hmm. this and this and that, that's so specific to my life, I would punch her in the throat because you're taking my life. Right. Has anyone ever? Have you seen her perform? I've never seen her. Do I have not seen her perform stand up but and it's all it's all it's all Negroidian potato chip shit like stuff that you see but it right. doesn't stay with you it's just like you ever do this and then that and that and yeah did this and I, it's just very like because what I was talking to somebody yesterday who's a club owner and he was telling me that he loves those internet comics because they bring a bunch of people but only he's like they only have one run mm-hmm. so that's why they keep doing different ones it's not like you know, I don't know, Doodoo Brown. I don't know. Let me let me not even call it because I'm going to be saying somebody's name and not even know yeah. it. You know what I mean? But it's like... Joe Schmokey. Yeah, Joe Schmokey um, is not going to headline an improv, you know, a weekend at the improv five years in a row. Mm-hmm. He was like, what happens is that when there's this craze, they give them nights. Like, we'll do Wednesday, Thursday mm-hmm. nights. They come in, they sell out, and then people know that they suck, and then they don't come back. That, I mean, that's what I said to somebody last night. I was like, they, I said, these people won't come back again. No. Like, if somebody's paying 40 bucks for a special mm-hmm. limited engagement, one night only night with this social media person, yep. they're going to come, and they're going to sell out, and they're going to see that they suck. And those people are never going to come back. And then this person was like, no, but they're still doing it. And it's like, doing it to what degree? No, because people will say, I already saw it. Cause it's like a novelty show. Well, the thing is, like when you, well, you, you and um Zaynab do way more. Like I don't even do um, road gigs. I do colleges. Um, this week. But, <laughs> but, but I'm sure that you hear it. You hear it. Oh my gosh, we came here last week for so and so. They were not. Yeah, funny. I hear it all the time. Yeah, I w- I did a weekend in uh, Memphis with a what an internet comic who was there. He was there. Um one night uh he only did a one-nighter but it was the it was before our show and people were standing in line they were buying merchandise but they were like uh you know i've i they'll say like like it's like Cirque de Soleil like I've already seen it oh yeah because they don't look at them as comedians that are gonna continue to grow and act Mm -hmm. and keep talking about stand-up they see them as Oh, this is the this is their shtick, you know, yeah. an extension of what they do online, and you get to see it for an hour, and it's not as funny because there's no editing. And I remember when these social media people first started trying to go to comedy clubs, and um, I don't know what they were doing on stage, but I felt like they were just basically trying to recreate the shit that they had done on social yeah, media on stage, and it's like, well, I've already seen it. That's the thing that people don't realize is that when it comes to comedy. There's no repeat hit. No. 
people don't want to keep hearing the same joke over and over and over again. So if I saw you do that bit on on Instagram, I'm not. I don't want to see it again. I could just go look at the shit that I liked seven months ago. Yeah, they want to see an act. People who like live stand up want to see an act. They want to see a. They want to hear a story. And it's not something that happens overnight. I think that's the thing. Cause I think that what they do is an art unto itself. Yeah. You know, they edit, they do their videos and, and I think that there should be a space for that, for them. I don't want to, I don't want to be an internet comic. Mm -hmm. So I, I respect the people who do what they do. And I, and I do respect like, um, King batch because Mm -hmm. Andrew went to the bottom of the barrel to do stand up. Like he was like, Oh, that's his name. Andrew. Yeah. He would go, he was like going to the open mics Mm -hmm. and really grinding to build an act outside of what he does on the yeah. internet and also learning how to act like but i, I heard that he was he, he comes from privilege i heard that he comes from money so when he started doing his um videos they were very well produced because he had a budget for it so it's not like he just started by holding up his phone to his camera like oh he, yeah, yeah like he had sets and like sound guys and oh good for him because yeah. those videos that are on the Levant, internet yeah. can be pain- painful to watch <laughs> you know what i mean so it's a lot of them. Like, I don't, I look at them and I'm like, so the thing is like, I read this article called the dumbing down of America mm. and all of that was in it. And it was like all about the internet and how that is how someone like Donald Trump becomes president. Yeah, It's like uh, the idiocracy, the Mike mm-hmm. judge movie. It's like people are, don't want to think they don't want to read. They don't want to they don't want to do anything um, outside of the necessary stuff. Yeah. So then you get consumed with, you know, then they start dictating to you what art is. And they're like, so this is this is art for poor people. Internet videos about how your struggle is real. You know, your mama slapped you. I hate. Well, I, I definitely couldn't stomach the whole bitches be like that whole bitches be like movement and niggas be like. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't. That's when I was like, do y'all realize what y'all are perpetuating? And I don't want to, I'm sorry. I don't care how funny you are, how many followers you are. Um, Even fools have followers. So when I see stuff and you're using like cops as a joke, you know, like there was a video I watched and this guy was standing there and a cop rolled up on him and it took a minute for me to be like, oh, this is a, this is supposed to be a, a joke video. Because as many times whenever I see a cop roll up on a black man, it, the shit ends up in bloodshed. So yeah. why would you write it down like, yo, we're going to do a video with a cop. We're going to rent a cop outfit and have him roll up. No, no, thanks. None. It's, it's painful. It's, it feeds the PTSD that people of color have. But I just when I look at some of it, I'm like, you know, the the whole agenda it's it's so now you can't so you know like white women have imposed this feminism on people of color that doesn't apply to us Mm -hmm. because white women don't operate from the same standards that we do they don't have the same their fight is not our fight no i mean where there's a fight on the basis that that we're women struggling for equality and recognition in this country but the things and leeway that y'all have is not the leeway that we have so you know and i talk about it on stage like a white woman can sleep with 76 men and still marry a senator Mm -hmm. we can't do that right our street value goes down it's a different reality for people Mm -hmm. of color so now i look at the internet and i'm 
it's like you got to be a Cardi B fan because if you're not a Cardi B fan, then you're a hater Mm -hmm. and you're not um, you're not pro sexual liberation for women of color. Mm -hmm. And it's like that. And then they get you they give you with all the terms, you know, you know, these microaggressions and all. But the reality of it is, is that it is there is a dismantling of what we have because in the race we're all we're still behind Mm -hmm. it's not an equal race we're not operating on the same level and from the same proximity that white people are proximity to the finish line that white people have so because of that we cannot operate like them because the consequences for us are severe and we don't get the same perks so when when i watch this as a mother of a young woman and it's like this continuous this this agenda of what being uh, empowered is is always promiscuity mm-hmm. and it's over over the top this whole agenda but when women you know but nobody is nobody defends women who are promoting their virtue yeah. it's like oh why what do you think you're better than me no bitch i'm different than you i don't want 17 dicks you yeah. know that's not who i am and there should not it should be okay for you to be who you are and if you want to take 17 dicks a day then it should be fine as well but don't try to impose that yeah on and then it's like oh you're a slave because you're religious no i don't that my 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 self-esteem doesn't allow to mm-hmm. you know my daughter asked me what is a hoe i say you determine your hoe Nobody determines your hoe for you. Yeah. So you figure out what it is that works for you. If you want to go out there and be wild, just know just know that you have the most emotional bandwidth to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And if that's not who you are, then just be yourself. Don't do anything for other people. Uh, absolutely. You know? And a lot of times we do that, which is interesting because you mentioned Cardi B. And when you think about Car- when I think about Cardi B, I don't even really see her. I just see her as being her true, authentic, ratchety self. And she's unapologetic, and I applaud her for knowing who she is and standing in her truth. I don't even see her as being super, that super sexual of a person. I mean, I guess her lyrics are, but when I see her, I don't see someone who's like the way Little Kim and Foxy Brown were. Little Kim and Foxy Brown titties out all the time. And I don't think that she pushes her pussy like that. Um, And then when you see her talking on her Instagram stories or her snap, you know, she does have this like ratchety women empowerment thing going on. So I think that speaks to a generation. But then the flip side of that, people embrace that and they support it, men and women. And then just recently, Gabrielle Union did an interview where she said that basically I'm I'm a grown ass woman. And I'm gonna please my man, and there should be no fault in what you do when you are in a loving relationship. So basically, somebody asked, like, "Would you?" I don't, I don't want to phrase it wrong, but basically, it was like eating, eating ass. Would you do it? And she was like, "I'm, I'm grown. Like, mm-hmm. I'm married. What do you mean? Like, it, this shouldn't even be a question of what you would and won't do because if you love somebody, then you won't try anything that that person wants you to try." Right. I mean, within reason, like, you know. No, no, I mean, that's what being, so if you want to get religious, that's what being equally yoked is. Mm -hmm. So if your man is into eating ass and you're into eating ass, then you're equally yoked. Mm -hmm. So there shouldn't be any judgment on that. Yeah. But there's so much, uh, we're we're so frail and fractured around sexual, Mm -hmm. you know, sexual identity, sexual, you know, behaviors like it's uh, it's uh, we have so much religion sprinkled into that and then slavery and us being objectified sexually so much that are we're like we're like a little bit frail when it comes to that 
And I'm all about your own empowerment and liberation. I just am not for the media always pushing that on young women because I get tired of seeing little girls who are eight and nine on Instagram and on social media emulating these women. You know, you only get to be a child, but for so long. Yeah. And then you're a grown up for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I really would like for us to stop assaulting the innocence of our children, mm-hmm. you know, and overexposing them in the name of these feminism and empowerment. Fuck all that. Let, uh, we got to protect our children, yeah. our village. We got to protect. But them. we do it sometimes ourselves. You know, you hear people talking to little boys like you a man. Yeah, no, I hear you. Two years old. Yeah, it's Stop ridiculous. crying. You a man. He got on pampers still. You a yeah. man. No, I seen that little boy doing that grinding video and I was disgusted. Yeah. I was like, they, whoever videotaped that should be in trouble for sexual assault on the mm-hmm. child. Yeah. But, you know, America values dogs more than they do children. I know. You see the little boy from Stranger Things came out? Uh, which one? He said that he fired his agent because mm-hmm. he fired his agent because he heard that he was but being that didn't sexual. go viral. Mm-mm. It didn't go viral. No. Because that's a really big problem in Hollywood. So it won't go viral. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, Corey Feldman's back in social media and he's like, I need y'all to he was right. come out. He's been right this whole time. He's been telling it. Yeah. He's always been. I don't. I never doubted him for a second. Yeah, me either. I thought that he had, I thought that, I thought that all of his troubles that he had were a result of him being a child star. But you got, now you got to look at things differently when you talk about like how we ad- approach victimization and, and the right to say or say or not say stuff about someone who's been victimized. But for years, decades, we always heard, oh, ch- the curse of the child star. Yeah. But that wasn't no curse. They was being preyed on. Yeah. Those kids in Ty Bridges wasn't fucked up because he was Ty Bridges. He was fucked up because he was a kid in this industry and they didn't give a fuck about kids. Yeah. Emmanuel Lewis. Yes. Gary Coleman. These kids are fucked up. Yeah. And they and it was at the hands of someone. Oh yeah. It's and not like I, and I. It's not like they just hit puberty and then all of a sudden their life came crashing down. No. Like they were uh and the and the parents and the people in their lives that were in charge turning a blind eye because mm-hmm. they were enjoying if you look how many of those kids hate their parents, they yeah. sued their parents, they don't talk Macaulay to Macaulay Culkin. Parents. Yeah, they don't Macaulay wanna... Culkin like y'all motherfuckers have me at Michael Jackson's house on the regular. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm fucked up. Yeah. Speaking of fucked up, did you see Whitney Houston's documentary "Can I Be Me"? No, uh, um, I haven't watched it yet. Um, it's very painful for me because Whitney Houston is my was my like idol. Um, she was the first person woman of color on Seventeen magazine, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why I started modeling, and I thought she was the most beautiful thing on the planet. Yeah. And when I saw her demise, I always think about the tragic child star because mm-hmm. when i see that picture of her signing that contract with clive davis she was a little girl yeah you i don't i don't want to say you should watch it but they address that where is that on it's on showtime okay. can i be me they address all of that and was they go deep um it wasn't it was riveting it wasn't it wasn't it was um people people it was done very well and the people that they had talking were people that loved her, but they were still telling the truth. If that that makes sense. Like you know who? Who was that? Um, her actual bodyguard that was with her for a number of years, and he says basically he got fired because she owed she overdosed, and he wrote a report to her family, like 
you know, he was on the road with her and he would report to the family. Like all of these people were like named them. All of these people were present with her. She overdosed. These are enablers. If you want to secure her, her career and her as a person, if you want her to live, you need to do something about it. And then they hit him back like, oh, we know we don't need your services anymore. Was her mother on that list? How much wasn't that he sent it to her mother and the family fired him. So they were enablers too. So they talk about they talk about Did her they talk sissy. about her being a lesbian. And oh, Robin, yep. big time, all throughout it. That was the pain in her life. Yeah, not being able to be her authentic self. Yep. So I I know someone very close to her, mm-hmm. and um, I can't even listen to Whitney Houston music because I I'll start crying because wow. I know the tragedy that was her life. Yeah, and that is what makes me sad about people like you know laughed at her when she was on drugs and yeah. she became a clown and a joke. But I don't think people understood, like, how tragic her life was. Oh, they talk about it. Oh, I'm going to watch it then. They talk about it. They, they talk about a, Robin? Robin, they talk about Robin a lot. That like, with movie. candor. Like She's in the video, the I'm Your Baby Tonight video. At the end of the video, if you watch, when she gets on the motorcycle with the dude, mm-hmm. the dude is Robin. Oh, really? Yeah, her hair is just slicked back, but that's Robin. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I gotta look at it. Um, you know, her life was tragic. She she didn't suffer from tragedy as a child, but she suffered from um overbearing parents and sissy pushed her a lot to mm-hmm. be the person, the star that she couldn't be. So that became, Oh, you now you're the you're the cash cow, you know. Yeah. And so that was the thing that she wasn't allowed to be who she wanted to be because she had to support so many people. Did you talk about Bobby Christina? They talk about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Such a tragedy. It is. But they, she, she, because she was failed as a child, because Whitney was failed by her parents, she failed her child. She didn't know how to be a parent because her parents weren't parents. No, I just remember that uh, interview. With, was it Diane Sawyer when it was her, Bobby, mm-hmm. and Bobby Christina? And they were obviously high. Yeah. And he was, like, singing on the piano, Lean On Me. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Christina was just sitting, like, looking like, who shot John? Like, yeah. what is going on? Mm-hmm. And it was just the saddest, saddest thing. Um, but, yeah, they, they become the cash cow. Yeah. And then you look at them, and then they grow up, and they hate their parents, and they stay away, mm-hmm. and they get, you know, they medicate, mm-hmm. and then it becomes, they're the problem. You know, they become the yeah. joke. Yeah. It was good. It was really well done. I watched that in Lady Gaga's documentary. Oh, I watched um, that one, too. I liked the documentary, but I mean, she was high the entire movie. Every single frame. High as a kite. She crashed into somebody's car. Yeah. And I was just like, it was so funny because it was like nothing. Oh, well, because they have money. Because he know. didn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> she was like, I don't give a fuck about that car. I'll buy a whole new car. Let's, let's, get these, let's get these songs done. Yeah. And when I say she's high, it's not, I don't think that she was, I think she's medicated, medicated because of her injuries, but she's loop de loo that oh, entire yeah. fucking documentary. Yeah, she cries the whole movie. Yeah. At the drop of a hat. Yeah. And her speech is slurred. So and the way she was looking like yeah. uh, her eyes were like fixated on it was like she wasn't looking at you know when somebody's lucid, yeah. they mm-hmm. give it to you but she wasn't. And and I feel like if you're in that much pain, you don't need it for the you don't need the money. Go sit your ass down somewhere and get your shit fixed. Come back with a bionic hip and sing these songs. Yeah, that's but why I respect those people. When like, you're a cash cow, 
You can't do that. No, and you can see everybody around. And we love you. We love you so much. You're so amazing. There was a scene. There was a scene in the Lady Gaga documentary. She was at the doctor's office. And the doctor was like, we need to do this. We're going to give you this injection for this. You need to take these pills. I'm changing your medication for your pain in your hip. She was going to see a specialist and she was explaining. She's laying on the table in the plastic, in the paper gown. The doctor steps out and one of her people come in. Yeah, it becomes a whole thing. They start putting her makeup on because she got to go somewhere. Yeah. She's like, she's like, how crazy? Like, who gets their makeup done in the doctor's office? You, bitch, because you letting them do that to you. You're drawing your line. Yeah. Because you, they become, they're in bondage and they become, especially when you're doing it young yeah. and then you become, they get, you become, they start moving you through guilt and obligation. Oh, I love saying no. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, me too. I cannot wait till I am in the room in an office in a meeting and somebody say something crazy to me. I am saying N-O. Yeah, it's important. It's a, no, there's so much power in that. And then, yeah, when I watch that, I, I want to watch the Chris Brown one. That's next. Mm, I don't know. Well, it's only like an hour. It's not even that long. I heard, though. I heard. So I heard the the story about Rihanna and Chris on from his perspective and why he had never told the whole story. Which is what? The whole story about how um, it wasn't it wasn't an attack. It was an altercation. And it was her hitting, 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 hitting. And he finally erupted. But I have... So my old manager at, worked at this company. She was a, she's a triplet, and one of her sisters danced for um, Chris. Mm-hmm. And she said that on any given day, Rihanna used to just walk up and come and punch him in the face. <laughs> like they said, <laughs> I'm not even trying to laugh. <laughs> I know, right? But they said she would check his phone, and she would. She's very. Her father said it. Her father said she busted a bottle over her brother's head. Mm-hmm. She's a very volatile, violent. I'm not excusing domestic violence, mm-hmm. but I think that we we get on these. We have to educate girls as much as boys. Yeah, the onus is always on the boys. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about adolescence and you're talking about hormones, I've had both in my house. Yeah, you know, they're not to excuse it because you ca- you cannot excuse that type of behavior, but you have to educate young women also not to participate. Of course, we talked about it just yeah. early. Like you can't show affection with physical violence towards a man and then start crying when he smacks his teeth out your mouth. Or you can't hit boys and think that they all are not going to hit you back. Yeah. Cause a lot of, a lot of young men don't have father figures, haven't been mm-hmm. taught the lessons are emotional hurt and they got issues and they going to hit you back. And that's yeah. what my dad used to tell me. He said, don't do not hit my sons. Mm-hmm. He said, they're not going to hit you back out of respect for you because you're their sister and we live in this house. But when you go out in the street, if you start practicing that, somebody going to knock the shit out of you. Yeah. And we're not going to be there to pick you up. Mm -hmm. So don't get into the practice of hitting young men. Yeah. And I never let my daughter do that to to her brother. Mm -hmm. I always said respect goes both ways. You don't just hit on a boy because you don't think that he's going to hit you back because you're a girl. That's privilege. Yeah. That's exercising privilege. So for when I understand this, I don't, I forgot her name. She comes from The Voice or one of those shows. She was like, spoke out against Rihanna because she was like, nobody ever tells the whole story. Mm-hmm. And Chris said that he still loves her. So he said, I didn't want to demonize her. I, mm-hmm. I, I took the whole thing. Yeah. But it was, you know, he's like, my, my dad used to hit my mom. And so... And prior to that incident, he didn't have these incidents, you know, and he had yeah. a girlfriend before. 
Yeah. So it be, it it incited something in him or whatever. And well, I think from that moment on, he was like, "I'm not gonna let a bitch punch me in my face ever again." So he became this alpha male. Yeah. And he really can't live up to that persona, which is why it's he such ended a up, challenge. Yeah. For him. And then with everybody, because and then it became a you know I'm a blood, I'm a gangster, oh, I'm a, it just spiral. It was, and it's so tragic to watch. It's such a beautiful talent that you look at and you're like man this boy this young man could be anything you know he well, he be, was he was on his way to yeah. being our like, michael jackson yeah not my well let me not go that far well not michael jackson but he definitely he could he could sing well enough i mean i'm not the biggest chris brown vocal fan but i right. think he could sing well enough he had the the best producers behind him and he could dance he could have he could have definitely crossed over to mainstream yeah and he did though and then for a second right back. yeah he did the double mint commercial yeah. and then and they're that, like, oh, you hit girls. <laughs> you yeah. you can't hit girls and get caught. Well, it was really that mugshot. Yeah. The the the, the not the mugshot, but the photo of Rihanna's face. That. Yeah. But I always suspected that something wasn't. Um, it wasn't as one sided as it can as it seemed because they started dating again. And not to say that women haven't been victimized and gone yeah. back, but like she was unapologetically. Yes. They did a song. Kate, 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 Kate. Like, I don't think she, she just didn't, she don't, Rihanna don't give a fuck. No, she doesn't. And I think that, 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 that says something. Cause I do agree. It's not like she's in a pattern of being in abusive relationships mm-hmm. from what I understand. She's the abuser. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a Rihanna fan. Yeah. So when I, but I just think we got to operate in truth and our young black men cannot be cannot always be, you know, the casualty of all of our social issues. Yeah. And that's what it seems like they are always the, you know, it was so disgusting. It was so appalling. But Charlie Sheen is beating his children's mother in front of the children. Yeah. And now got a TV on C- a TV show on CBS, but mm-hmm. Chris Brown is forever, you know, demonized. And it's just always black young men are always the casualty of all mm-hmm. social issues and it really really is so annoying yeah and it's hard for it's hard for them to stand up for a black woman because they feel like they're always a target yeah. even though they should still stand up for us i don't give a fuck i'll yeah, be telling do. black men i know that you should open your mouth if you're in, if you're in a room and somebody's talking shit about a woman of color especially if you know her you should open your mouth but that whole like put your hands up like i don't know it, yeah i know it's hard for you but it's hard for us too so don't yeah. don't throw me under the bus just because they ain't attacking you at the moment yeah because it always turns it always turns. All right, Ida, let's wrap this up. Um, I end it the same way every single episode. Okay. Ida Rodriguez, please tell us what makes you a social misfit. Ooh, a social misfit. Um, I'm never, ever going to be negotiable. So I'm always going to be the oddball. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't change. Like <laughs> <laughs> They've tried. <laughs> I've been in this business for 17 years. Mm. and i've been i've only been an entertainer and i've never been for sale so i've always been an outsider mm. but i like it it's good to see it from the outside because you don't get caught up in the bullshit Mm-mm. not gonna do it yeah. ask the people at last comic standing they'll tell you oh yeah i didn't hear anything but i'm not surprised <laughs> yeah i wasn't participating in it oh i feel you well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. She will not be sold. <laughs> <laughs> My grandmother was sold and she didn't have a choice. Yeah. All right. Well, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. At Funny Ida 
uh, funny A I D A, and then uh, Facebook is Ida Dot Rodriguez because there are so many of us that <laughs> I couldn't have my own. Handle. And do you have any shows that people could check you out? That you're on the tour on tour now? Or? Oh, I started a tour called the Every Woman Tour uh, next month with Shantae Wayans and April Macy, and then in February. My Showtime Ensemble special is, um, I don't know the date. I just know it's in February. Oh, so. What's the Showtime show? It's the Shaq All-Star special. Oh, oh, they're doing the that last again? One. Oh, this is the last one. They're not doing it yeah, anymore. I'm the only Latin person to ever be on it. It's been me and Gary Owen are the only others. Non-black. All right. Well, congratulations on all that. Thank you for coming out and hanging out with me tonight. Thank you guys for listening. I enjoy you as always. Take care.